You're listening to the Sovereign Society Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and my greatest passion is to help you transform your doubt into the courage you crave to activate your thriving business from the inside out. As a Kundalini business mentor, speaker, and modern medicine priestess, I believe the world's ready for your medicine more than ever. By embracing all facets of our human experience, we have the power to cultivate a conscious tomorrow today. Every Wednesday, I gather some of the greatest leaders, teachers, and revolutionists of our time to talk about all things social justice, personal empowerment, and what it takes for you to uplevel your business and life. It's time for more good people making good money, doing great things in the world. Best believe this is the place that's going to take you there. If you're ready to unleash your medicine and revolutionize the world as we know it, I invite you to dive in and join us on this wild ride. Hello, 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 and welcome to another rendition of the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and I am beyond thrilled to be sharing with you this conversation because this is something I've been manifesting for a long time, and I finally took action, reached out when Remington Donovan was in the neighborhood, and I got him over to my house on this 999 portal. Recording this, it was 999, which is my favorite number. We talk a lot about tantric numerology in this episode, which is a really powerful numerological system that we use in Kundalini Yoga that was taught by Yogi Bhajan. But we also weaved in a lot about the Kabbalah and astrology and tarot with numerology. And it's today is still a 999 day. We're here on 918-19 and one plus eight is nine. So this is a massive portal. Saturn has gone direct. Hallelujah. As someone who's been in their Saturn, uh, you know, Saturn return, I'm finally feeling like, huh, the exhale. And this is, this was one, I say this all the time, but I'm just so grateful for the conversations I get to share with you all. But this one is a jam-packed one. Grab your notepad, unless you're driving. You might want to listen to this again. But this episode is filled with information and knowledge. And and Remington knows what he's talking about. And it was really fun just to be able to have this conversation with a soul brother who gets it and to just have realness in a spiritual kind of communication in this way because there's so many false prophets and teachers and you know there's just a lot of noise and <laughs> oversaturation in the industry but to be able to magnetize towards real begets real, you know, and I was just so grateful for this conversation because we went really deep here and this is going to be one that blows your mind. And so this episode is brought to you by Thrive, my 90 day business activation accelerator program, which is here. It's literally the only spiritual business development course you'll ever need. Like that's what alumni of Thrive have shared (laughs) because I'm giving you everything, the blueprints of how to start a podcast, what it takes for you to really get that launch going, how to really set up your business legally and financially and how to take care of your own shit personally. You are going to be understanding and learning how to create this business from the inside out. And something we talked about in this episode 
was that this is the the end of the three year. This is the end of a decade and we're going into a four year next year. So this three year is about building. And so this is literally the perfect time for you to build, to prepare for next year, 2020, the four year where the doors are open. So this is the time, these next three and a half months, this is the time for you to go out there and really make those dreams your reality. No more vision boarding and that's it. Like you got to take action. So if you are feeling like you're ready to leave that corporate job, if you're feeling like you're ready to turn what you're passionate about into your business, if you're ready to understand what it takes for you to honor your unique rhythm and flow, Thrive was designed with you in mind. And so right now I'm accepting applicants for the next round of Thrive, which begins October 8th. And it is going to be a powerful way for you to step into 2020, knowing what needs to get done to make that dream your reality, because it takes more than just wanting to manifest. You got to take action. And that was probably one of my favorite parts of this conversation talking about with Remington. But if you want to learn more, you can check out bit.ly slash Thrive, D-U-X, Thrive Do, right? Or you can also check out the link in the show notes below or check it out on my Instagram. You'll find a button there where you can sign up and apply. But this is the time for us to really go out there and share our medicine with the world. And having Remington at my house sharing his medicine or I'm sharing my medicine, this is going to activate you in such a way. So if you don't know who Remington is, Remington Donovan is a master numerologist. He's a mystical Kabbalist. He's a tarot divinitor an astrologer, a seer, and a teacher based in LA. He was born in the tradition of Swami Satchananda. He's growing up in the ashram, learning meditation and yoga directly uh, from him at a very early age. So this guy knows his shit. Don't let it fool you. Like we need to continue to learn from teachers who have other teachers, right? We need to continue to allow these lineages to go. Kind of like what we talked about in the episode with Grayson and Jai Chen. But Remington, he began formal training in the Western mystery tradition as a teenager, studying under the Adapt Master for 22 years, practicing the hermetic Kabbalist wisdom of the ancients. And he uses these technologies and talents to really empower, inspire, and guide individuals to really unlock their deepest spiritual potential. So he's doing private readings. He's doing group sessions locally and worldwide. So he talks, again, a lot about numerology, talks a lot about tarot, tarot therapy, astrology, kundalini yoga, the list goes on. But it's really amazing to see how he's blended all of his passions to create his medicine. And this is what we t- I teach and thrive. Like you need to honor all facets of your human experience, honor where you've been, your journey, the teachings, the wisdom, the knowledge you've learned and share it out with the world. And so I am so grateful for Remington for coming over to my house, hanging out with Bud and myself on the 999 portal and just really going deep here. So I don't want to hold you up any longer because can you tell how excited I am about this episode? Oh, it's so good. Prepare yourself. And again, to those of you who have left a review and a rating on iTunes, thank you. This is a free service for you all and a great way to support those who share with you free knowledge and wisdom is to leave a review. So this isn't just me, but if there's other podcasts that you listen to that you really enjoy, I'm telling you, if you go on iTunes and leave them a review, they're going to really appreciate it just as much as I do. So thank you to all of you who've taken the time to 
share your words about how this podcast has moved you, how this podcast has inspired you. Best believe anytime I'm feeling low, I read those and I just get so amped up and so psyched, so psyched and just so getting back into that energy of gratitude and appreciation for doing this work because conversations like the one you're about to listen is why I share these episodes of the Sovereign Society podcast. Like this literally is my passion project. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. And if you're finding any of these episodes really resonating with you, feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get this wisdom going. And now let's dive in with my dear soul brother, Remington Donovan. Enjoy. I'm so excited to have this conversation, not only as we're recording this, is it 999, which is me, the subtle body, (laughs) but it's also like, it's crazy because I'm with the master numerologist here. (laughs) I only, uh, even on my Instagram, I I have that title because my teacher said that. Uh, Tej, and she just was like, master numerologist. So when it, when your teacher just says that, I just go with it. I wouldn't normally. I love Tej. I wouldn't go around being like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> but one of the things I've, I've definitely learned is it's not just even the concepts of the numbers. It's being able to extract a whole other experience and a, and a meaning and, and something really comes out of those numbers. Like right. when I look at a chart that goes so much deeper than you know, even what, oh, you can look up a lot of those numbers, you know, five means teacher or physical body. And, and the key is you really have to know how to like really abstract that concept and it will open something in your consciousness and a lot more will, right. a lot more messages. Well, it's interesting because to me, like the past couple days, like I've seen my, the, my number sequences game has been on fire. Like I've seen all the triple numbers like every day. And there's a point where like, I was just, you know, here and there. And then like you were in town, like we're recording this live at my house. And to me, it was just like spirit was speaking that it was like finally time for us to have this conversation. uh, Yeah. And it worked out perfectly because I think it was about a little more than a year ago. uh, We were on route to um, the summer solstice celebration in New Mexico. And I think believe you messaged me then, but we were just like here for an evening and gone in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this worked out and I was like, yeah, definitely. And you're even exactly on the way back to LA. (laughs) That's why I love it. When people come through to Joshua Tree, I'm like, yo, you're going to pass by my house. Just come on over. I'll make tea. Bud's here. Like, we'll hang Perfect. out. Perfect. I love your dog, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Do you want to come hang out in LA for Yeah, a while? look at him. He's just staring at you, hanging out. No, but it's, it's amazing because I remember, like, I became a Kundalini yoga teacher five years ago. And it was, like, right after I graduated. And I did my training in San Diego. And a whole bunch of us went to Santa Monica. And they were still doing teacher training. And that was the day they were talking about tantric numerology. And you were sitting in the crowd. And you were just, like, explaining, like, numbers and all these things. Oh, usually I teach it now. Yeah. But I guess I was in the crowd. You were in the crowd. But it was just kind of showing me, you know, like, what what was coming? Well, you know, to, to go into the numerology, uh, tantric numerology is, is sort of a specific system that if you're familiar, your listeners are familiar with Kundalini yoga. Um, we really utilize almost a little bit like maybe looking at an astrology chart and you have different placements. And I found 
that it's just incredibly accurate. But I have a background almost my entire life in mystical Kabbalah, which is rooted in numerology. Uh, or, you know, some people might say it's rooted in the tree of life. It's rooted in tarot. But all of those systems um, merge. Intertwine. Mm-hmm. Completely intertwined. Even kundalini yoga is a, is a mystery tradition. It was taught in secret forever up until a few years ago. And um, a lot of the Kabbalah, it's all taught in secret. Some stuff is a little more open. I'm open about a lot of it. But the process that I learned through that, and especially through Kabbalah and numerology and that sense, and not, again, not that it's separate, is that it was the tool to understand over time and and working with it, because I have the experience as part of it, um, where my consciousness will really open up. Mm. So years ago, when I came into Kundalini Yoga, it was Gurjas, mm-hmm. um, who was my, my, my first Kundalini Yoga teacher. Now she's really busy with like White Sun and about to have another baby. Um, and, you know, White Sun is the mantra music band, Grammy winners. I'm putting a plug for my friends. But uh, <laughs> Always, she gave me this little book on tantric numerology. She knew my background and I was already discussing numbers with, with those guys. And she said, oh, you should just master this. And I flipped through the book. It was like, it's almost like a booklet. And, um, but I got it. I got the concept, but it's not like that was new to me. So I'd already sort of been working with mm-hmm. the system, but I love how she was like, master this. I read the book in like an hour, super quick. And then I started really incorporating charts into the readings I was already doing. And it's just really opened up and grown. And as I teach it more, but, you know, I always like to say that let the numbers kind of um, let them do the work, let that, tuning in and treat it as a meditative spiritual practice and it'll just open up like you were saying oh you've been going through a phase seeing a certain triple digits and and Mm -hmm. you're aware and a lot of times too even though all the numbers kind of have a meaning and a vibration and a frequency it also is a nice reminder to say oh i'm in a i'm in a synchronicity Mm -hmm. and an alignment Mm -hmm. and um that's that's a big part of it so i find it's like the practice and the numbers kind of, I never know what I'm going to get on the other side. Or if I look at somebody's chart, I've just been, I was like really amazed how accurate the chart in tantric numerology. So when I do a reading with somebody, I use that basis, but Mm -hmm. then I can extract so much more. You're creating like your own like human design ask that brings in all these different modalities that can be translated. Yeah. I do, I merge, like my readings, for example, I know I'm pulling in the techniques I know and love. So, you know, that's one of the biggest things I learned in my Kundalini teacher training was just teach what you really love. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you're just, oh, I'm straight up teaching Kundalini yoga, just teach the sets and the meditations you love. And my teacher, Harajivan, for my teacher's training, joked he's like then worst case scenario at least one person's getting something out of it and that's you <laughs> but i think on a broader sense and this sort of aquarian consciousness sense even with business and the world even what with you and i do is like we're just sharing what we love with the world and i find that opens up so i know astrology tarot numerology i also have visions 
and that all merges into one thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't separate it. Like, cause for example, in tantric numerology, the number five, if, if you look it up, it'll, physical it'll always body. be physical body, mm-hmm. the teacher, and then blah, blah, blah. And in the beginning, I know like it's easy to be really stiff and rigid with it, but then in Kabbalah, five is about severity and power and mm. action. It's the planet Mars, but five, um, five is a, is a force, but it, it's symbolized by a sword. So it's cutting, it's mm. editing. But what does a teacher do? A teacher is editing. It's, it's cutting. It's helping you remove the things that are getting in the way of your real ability or your real power. And even the negative side of say five in a Kabbalistic point of view is like anger or if it, it's basically like a big middle finger. Mm-hmm. You're like, you get caught off in traffic and you're like, F you and you're giving fingers to people. But mm-hmm. what is that? That's still teaching. You're just taking it in a negative saying, I'm going to teach you a lesson right? by giving you my middle finger. But then in the tarot, card number five is the Hierophant card, which is the spiritual teacher. So you just can't tell me. it's. There's no coincidence. That's right. the first rule of numerology is um, there's no coincidence, and this lines up. So when, as I started to delve even deeper and work with it more and tie in, whether it's astrology, whether it's numerology, whether it's the tree of life, tantric numerology, it's kind of one system. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the, when it, when it lines up super obviously, when it's like, oh, you card, can't make this shit up. card number five <laughs> is the spiritual teacher mm-hmm. and number five in tantric numerology as taught by Yogi Bhajan was, um, is the teacher. Um, so, you know, that's like one easy example, but I mean, the list goes on mm-hmm. and, and, but I definitely encourage people like kind of pay attention to those numbers. And if you start to look in and I have stuff too, but uh, like online, but you start to look into the tree of life, start to explore tantric numerology. Um, you'll start to decipher the story mm-hmm. a little bit more. And, uh, and believe me, I get a lot of messages. Some I'm like, oh, I can't even, I don't even know how to respond. It's like a seed number 333-121-658-666-999, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what does it mean? I know. That's like the biggest question. Right? Like, what does it mean? And I th- it's a really important question because there is, in a level, there's no meaning because it's a specific message for you. Mm-hmm. And it's really up to the individual to delve into that experience mm-hmm. of that mystery and say, what, what does this mean for me? What, what's opening up here for me? I could say, oh, these numbers mean blah, blah, blah in a textbook definition, but you have to let your consciousness sort of fly with it mm-hmm. and meditate on it. And you'll know what it I means. think that's part of the journey of like trusting yourself too, you know, and it's like so many of us like think we need some kind of outside authority to kind of tell us, Totally. What our destiny is. Well, exactly. I mean, these tools, you know, and I, I see a lot of people and some, like, it helps to have a teacher or teachers for sure. It's helpful to have people to turn to. And I trust, Hey, when people are turning to me for like a session, um, they are willing and putting up the money because they want to get a little more clue, but I don't, solve all the problems, you know, I help them open it up and then, uh, people have to take, take it from there. But almost every reading, I'm just confirming what people were 
deep down inside knowing, mm-hmm. but maybe afraid to to move forward with. Yeah, there's like people like I, I had some of my clients be like, "Can you give me permission to to like take a social media sabbatical?" And I'm like, "You know, you can do it. You're like, you know, like do I agree, it." But sometimes <laughs> you just like step into that role as a teacher, and people want to hear it. And it's interesting you say permission because that's like a lot of the feedback that I get. Like when I work with someone, and I don't know, they wanted to explore something more with art or writing, or they wanted to start some side business selling herbal tincture, whatever it is. Um, and uh, it does give them the confidence and the permission. But people, you know, over time, it just takes practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, even for me in my life, I'm like, could I do this? Should I do it's this? It's the courage, right? To do it. Which is number 10, <laughs> to get into the, the numbers. But um, yeah, I, again, you know, use these tools. Even tarot, everything that I use, it's... It's not about the cards or the tarot. It's mm-hmm. just about opening yourself up to that conscious and that higher part of you. And and as you do those practices and meditations, you just get into a zone with it. And it's and one of my experiences too is not always like, oh, I know what I want to do and what I have to do. Yes, that's helpful. But sometimes too, just getting in the zone, I find the things you're supposed to do, stuff just starts showing up. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes let the universe provide those opportunities for mm-hmm. you. That's again going into the trust though, you know, and I think so many of us are so caught up in the mental thing and we have to learn to surrender. Well, and in our culture, I find, um, and this is partly my personal experience, so I haven't done like a formal uh, survey here, but, you know, so many people want to move something forward to come into a quote unquote destiny with their life, but it's so associated, especially I feel like in America with, oh, that has to line up with the job that I do for a living. So, mm-hmm. And then that equals my purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, in astrology, Saturn is the planet of work, mm-hmm. but it's also the planet of your right work. Like, okay, what is my life purpose? But, you know, don't get too hung up on where that's always the thing that translates into money. And I always tell people, just like we were talking about that trust, if you start, you know, in the magical tradition, the attitude is do everything that you're doing and everything in front of you with sort of the utmost excellence and grace and mastery to the best of your ability and sort of stay in the moment with that. And and as you do that, the bigger things just start showing up. So, and I find a lot of people struggle with, oh, I have to, in the long run, I have to figure out what is my destiny. That's this distant goal. Mm -hmm. And the destiny is more like something that should just come to you and open up. Magnet, magnetize. Exactly. Yeah. Like, let's attract our destiny instead of trying to overly rationalize and intellectualize. Well, I'm supposed to be a teacher who does this. and uh, That's part uh, of, like, the controlling, though, too, right? It's like, it's people- like our... Our insecurities manifest in all these ways, one of which is like ego control and things like Mm -hmm. that. And at the same time, you have to do the work. But I really like that attitude of... Of performing things with the level of, of excellence, and yeah, you 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 create a magnetic frequency of excellence around you. So the universe will just show up and give you more excellent, bigger and better things. My old teacher, and I've mentioned this before, always said, if you don't have a like 
if you can't even organize your sock drawer, how do you expect to have some big, the universe is going to show up like, here's your big mastering destiny of profound uh, fame and glory yeah. and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the destiny in and itself is a goal. Just pull it in, mm-hmm. you know? And I think spirituality is, is really more about the ability to cause change. Mm-hmm. And we had to take that action too, right? Well, it's not like, I'm going to make this vision board. And then it's just going to come. It's like, well, what are you actively doing? Um, Sabrina, (laughs) yes. And thank you. And I couldn't agree a million times more. It is something I often talk about. And I think vision boards are good. I actually have one on my phone. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you can fantasize. I'm just going to shit all over that book, The Secret, right now. Well, Um, okay. And then I want to say something about that, too. And they just left out a lot of... um, You have to do the work. It's just like the Bible says... Faith without works is dead. You could be like, God's going to provide for me. But, oh, wait. What action are you doing? (laughs) Right. Like, my teacher always jokes about this woman who really needed a job. And she was spending all this time, like, all these meditations all day. Prosperity meditations, prosperity mantras, manifesting. And uh, it was like, well, have you gone and applied for a job, like what a concept, but I think with these <laughs> spiritual teachings and with with a, with a solid spiritual practice, and to me, that's a system of magic, mm-hmm. a real spiritual practice. And what magic is is the ability to cause change. So I can do all those prosperity meditations. I'm sure we both do them, and then in the three dimensional actual world, I'm also putting out the work. Mm-hmm. And what you said about the vision board is really important. I think those are helpful. But you got to do the work. It's mm-hmm. not there, people. People always want. I feel like nowadays um, and the more I teach people really um, strive like there's some one trick pony. Right. Well, if you just change your magnetic frequency, everything's going to show up for you. If I just visualize, you know, like the secret to the way I saw it was just like, oh, if I just visualize all this stuff, you know, a new Ferrari and I have like a harem of I'm models, or, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> Visualization can work, but you got to do the other. So, like, what Mm -hmm. is it about you that's worth the magnetic frequency of a $250,000 car? Mm -hmm. And that may be something that your incarnational experience should have. Um, But what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. Or somebody's like, I want to... I remember someone's like they wanted they wanted to fight social justice and be a lawyer and all this stuff, but I'm like, well, in magic, you make yourself a fit receptacle, which is let's change your magnetic frequency. But then, oh, I guess to be a lawyer, I need to go to law school, and then if I want to be a kick-ass lawyer, I better do really well. Mm-hmm. And then I gotta, you know, we do we have to do that work. But mm-hmm. you were gonna say something more about well, it's oh, interesting. The yeah, I just I have a lot of my friends that are a lot of new earth teachers and you know they do a lot of field work and they're seeing a lot of the dark forces how they kind of have infiltrated a lot of these new earth these uh new age teachings you know and and to me i just feel like we're constantly up leveling and so many of us have been doing the work that a lot of these teachings they don't really work anymore like we're talking about like the secret and stuff and there's definitely pieces of it like you know it's great to have that visualization, but there's also like this kind of like this infiltration that's kind of happening in a lot of the spiritual community of that egotism that's kind of coming through and weaving its way in. It's like, how can you just like be in your essence and your radiance and your 
God-given light. Yeah, and that's where people want the, all these shortcuts, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I feel one of the downsides of um, the Aquarian Age, uh, which is this sort of idea of this new consciousness where humanity is moving forward and becoming much more aware, um, even though a lot of the planet hasn't caught up and they're still fighting their wars and holding on to their ego structures and blah, 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 um, and a paradigm from, you know, the year 1420. But um, the, you know, as the spirituality opens up, like there's just always people are lazy. People now are very entitled. Like, oh, I can just Google it up. And and I get all these messages about numbers and people Google all this stuff. There's so much whack job shit out there. Mm-hmm. I still, and there's also a message that says, oh, you don't need teachers anymore. And that's totally bullshit. If anything, we need teachers even more. Mm-hmm. It's just the old paradigm of a teacher. True was, teachers with a capital T, that, that, that right. real. Um, is like the old paradigm is like, oh, there's some high holy master, a Buddha, Christ, and we just either try to become that or we just sort of bow down and there's an energetic exchange and we can never be a teacher at that level per se. But um, because now everyone is, I feel like the veil is thinner and people are having revelations and spiritual awareness and things are opening up, but it's still completely unguided. If, if you're listening, like find, find something that is a practice where you have a teacher who's probably had a teacher and you'll line up to a Dharma or to a spiritual lineage and make that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I always encourage people like sometimes I found the things and the things have come to me that I love and I want to do all my hermetic magical training and Kundalini yoga. And that's, and I have teachers that support me in both. And Mm -hmm. I, I have a teacher. So even whatever I'm saying, I have somebody to turn Mm -hmm. to has way more experience. Who's had a teacher as well. Um, but everyone's running around totally willy nilly. Like I'm getting downloads and visions about this and that. And people get really addicted to the uh, phenomenon mm-hmm. and not realize your spiritual path is you still have to show up and just do the work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're not going to have visions. Sometimes it's not going to be amazing. You're not going to have these revelation revelations. And I'm walking around in this ecstatic glow of like some spiritual orgasm 24 seven. Sometimes you're just going to be like, oh, I feel groggy. And so, Yeah, I'm so not into it. What's not okay is to be like, oh, this isn't working anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, in magic, you're taught to never judge anybody else's spirituality, and you're taught to not judge your spirituality. And often these great leaps happen when you think nothing's going on. Like, oh, I'm just ho-hum. I'm going to work. I do a little meditation. Here's my life. Mm -hmm. Like. So that phenomenon, and that's a Buddhist teaching too. Like, don't get sidetracked by the phenomenon. There's like, they're like clouds that part and mm-hmm. open up. Sometimes the sun comes out, sometimes it doesn't. You know, um, I like all those visions and that inspiration. I, I think it's important. I think we need teachers more than ever. Mm-hmm. I like um, to tell people too that remember mentors have mentors. Like if you, if you are an acclaimed mentor, like, are you learning, you know, from someone, are you having these teachings passed down? And I think that's so primal to who we are. You know, we had so many of these indigenous cultures of storytelling and all these things. And those are really important essences and components of teachers. Yeah. And that, that, um, 
that energy just sort of gets handed down. Mm-hmm. You know, I teach, the more I teach, and okay, so I kind of have three teachers, which is interesting to me in Kundalini, and with my teacher's training, but my Tej is like the person I'm closest with, but um, I live in a world of teachers, and we're all kind of guiding each other. Um, but that... I'm going to teach differently. You know, I'm not copying, like you're still being, I'm still being myself and mm-hmm. I'll share it the way I know it. And I think people, people that are looking for teachers, just be open. It's something you can pray about. And sometimes you move on. The teacher isn't like, oh, I got to like bow down and worship this person. Mm-hmm. You know, if I took a knitting class, I would totally be respectful of the teacher and say, oh, well, this person has a lot more experience <laughs> with knitting. I'm going to surrender to that energy field so I can learn. Mm-hmm. And I feel a real teacher, like in the tarot, there's the card number five, the spiritual teacher, the hierophant, which means uh, the expounder of the mysteries, um, is the sign of Taurus. And Taurus is about self-reliance and resourcefulness. So I feel like the teacher gives you the tools. They don't do the work for you. They just give you the tools to have that experience of your that soul. goes back to even like people who invest in courses right like just because you bought the course doesn't like you have to do the work what a concept uh, r- <laughs> um really because i just put a course for like <laughs> achieving tremendous financial success on my vision board <laughs> and i just think about it all day yeah and i love that example sabrina because it's like yeah, sometimes it's just a course, maybe something in wellness or mm-hmm. breathing or, or finance or whatever. You got to just do the work. Mm-hmm. And, and that's Saturn. That's the lessons of Saturn. But I think that there's also a shift in consciousness now where people are realizing, okay, there's a stigma that work in itself always equals hard work, mm-hmm. brutal toiling, the hardship of my soul. To it's like, a condition of, I have an idea. To whether it is, yeah, to make mm-hmm. money, to have spiritual growth. And I think if you just are like, oh, I'm really into this. Mm-hmm. I love doing it. I'm going to show up. Um and uh, just do it because I, I want to improve. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I don't even make changes until it's like getting to a point where I'm like, uh, I need to make a change now. Mm-hmm. And I could like get down on myself and be like, oh, I knew this. I should have like way been way ahead of the game and, and maneuvered these energy fields or these negative thought forms, um, you know, until like. Not like I'm hitting these bottoms in my life or something, but where, you know, it's like... I like, again, like I said, I like the arrow to be pulled back uh, before it can be shot well, it's like running, running out of money and then being like, oh, shit, now I got to pay rent or my mortgage next week. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're hustling. Mm-hmm. You know, the, like, those are patterns I've definitely break, broke. I'm like always sort of ahead of the game on so many things, but yeah, But the, the hustle work. can also be a flow. You know, it's like, that's, that's the thing that we have to understand too. Like in that alignment, when we are alignment, like we can just slay it and crush it too. Like, I think there has to be that also that reframe of what hustle is, you know, cause sometimes you can just be crushing it and slaying it and you're in that flow. So I think there's a lot with language that we have to also really understand and create like our own definition for these, these terms. 
Yeah, that's really important too. And, and hustle for a lot of people implies this constant struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm always just like living whatever paycheck, paycheck, to paycheck, paycheck that yeah. kind of thing. Um, I guess in my consciousness, I always think of it as like a flow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the same time, it's good to be logical, prepare a little ahead. I liked Yogi Bhajan's teaching, like just be triple prepared. You know, um, so in this way, you have like sort of whether it's three plans, whether it's something as simple as I'm going to be traveling to other countries. Let me make sure that I have three different like a bank card, a couple of different credit cards all backed up. Like I'll do something like that and I'll just leave one in my suitcase in my hotel or hidden. And I always take it out because the last thing I need to do is should something happen. And then I'm like, oh, all my all my cards that I need oh, to I use that happen to, to me. maneuver. <laughs> that was me in the past. I've learned, believe me, I've learned the hard way to be more prepared. And it was like Kundalini yoga business mentality. I was like, just be a little prepared, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, be a little prepared. Like if you didn't have like a good month, like a little mm-hmm. savings or whatever, mm-hmm. not like neurotic and weird, but yeah, I like my, the old me was so just fly by the seat of my pants. I mm-hmm. always figure it out. But when I look back and I'm like, <laughs> how did I go on these trips with like a few hundred dollars in the bank, knowing I'd show up, there'd be more money. Like how mm. how did I even maneuver? Like if there was one little error, a flight delayed, and I had to rent a hotel room or something. Mm-hmm. But you know that's that's been a lot of my change. But that's getting, where you can be the teacher, where you can teach people, like, hey, wake up, don't do that shit. Um, exactly, <laughs> um, and it's it's just a process. I mean, I'm. One of the things that I love is that like each of us, like you have your things and I could look at your numerology and your astrology and it pulls a lot out and you have mm-hmm. the things for you to work on and the things for you to grow. And I have my things, but I love having this community and it's opening it up and even you and I connecting here where it's like, okay, we may have our little individual quirks or whatever, but together, I feel like even energetically, even us doing this, we're connecting and on a subtle energy field or our auras are still help uplifting each other. And yeah, maybe you have some insecurity about some whatever. Like I hate going to the post office, right? Mm -hmm. Mailing a package is like the most daunting (laughs) adulting skills of all time. (laughs) And then sometimes I'm like, okay, yeah, I just, I have to, and that's like a little jokey thing, but like, okay. But for me, I'm like, oh no, now like I got to figure out what is the postage? What kind of box do I need? Mm-hmm. How do, what the hell is the address? Do I just go to a place? About it. Exactly. <laughs> like, um, so, and that's like a funny cork, but I feel like you and I just hanging out, we're helping each other break through that. Yeah. That's know? why I said, like, I just love that you're here on this nine, nine day for me. Cause like I said, like, let's I, get into the nine. Yeah, the nine, like I'm born June 9th. So like, so that means listener, she has a nine soul. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and Sabrina mentioned earlier, nine is subtlety, subtle body. Nine's a very sophisticated number. Um, I never like to say it publicly cause I look, work it with all numbers and every number has their virtue, but it's one that I like a lot Me and too. I feel like it's, it's I highly, chose well. <laughs> sometimes I'll teach numerology and I talk about nine is like subtle sophistication, but nine is the ability to sort of perceive other dimensions, other fields. It's the master of all systems. So mm-hmm. this energy of nine is very graceful, very sophisticated, 
very sensitive. And so today is going to be like an extra sophisticated, extra sensitive day. Mm -hmm. You know, nine can be very psychic. Um, and it's the ability to like, oh, I just heard a car door slam a mile away. Mm -hmm. Sure. What's the negative spectrum of that? I'm so sensitive to everything that I'm complete neurotic mess mm -hmm. and the music's too loud. The vibe in here sucks and everything feels like uh, chalk, like nails on a well, chalkboard. That's what definitely <laughs> happened to me after I was struck by lightning. Like my subtle energy was so sensitive. Because my nervous system got shot. I remember I was with uh, Suk Dev and she was like, oh, it's your nervous system. And I'm like, of course, like I could I couldn't be in crowds like everything was just like on the subtle level. I could feel it all. And it took time to me to strengthen that and to heal that. And that was part of something I really needed to master within my own self of my soul was like. Yeah, those are powerful lessons of you have a nine soul. It's really jack up your nervous system. Mm -hmm. I'm still fascinated by getting that you got struck by lightning because from a hermetic magical point of view, lightning is considered lightnings and rainbows and the dew morning dew are considered direct, exact physical manifestations of God and a very high vibration and then it's also the tower card. And the mm -hmm. tower. Oh, let me tell you, that was years of tower. <laughs> so I definitely, on a really bigger level, that's definitely some interesting blessing to yeah. me. And then something's like, you better fucking get your nervous system awake. Mm -hmm. You know, I was um, in a really destructive path before that and had a lot of trauma and my lower triangle was completely like dismantled. Like so much of like my subconscious and like all of the lower chakras for me were just like a mess. Cause there was so much trauma and depression and all of that. So that lightning accident was that journey for me to really heal from my childhood and to heal from, um, mental health issues and like all of this whole journey of like really coming into that wholeness of me that I can then teach other people like how they can come into their wholeness and understanding that the circumstances or whatever it is that you've endured, there's a divine purpose to it of how you're here to teach, how you're here to hold space, how you're here to really just let other people know like, hey, you're not alone. Right. I, I'm can I, I want to add one thing yeah. too with the tree of life and the yeah. lightning is the uh, symbol of the tree of life. And if you look up like Kabbalah tree of life, if you Google just tree of life, you'll see like lots of pretty trees mm -hmm. and Celtic images and Nordic things, all these different traditions. But I'm talking about um, tree of life in Kabbalah. And I come from a tradition where we spell Kabbalah with a Q uh, and sort of just signifies a certain lineage, uh, Q-A-B-A-L-A-H. But the symbol of the tree of life, which is this magical glyph that sort of categorizes a lot of the universe, the symbol of the manifestation of God coming down the tree is the lightning flash. And then the spiritual aspirant working their way up through their spiritual attainment is the serpent. So with Kundalini yoga, you're raising and tapping into that serpent. And so for you, you just had that extra blessing. And I'm also being... born in Chinese numerology and Chinese astrology, the year of the snake. Okay. So there you go. So you better do some goddamn Kundalini <laughs> yoga. Like that one's obvious. Yeah. But I mean, in like the S, like my name's Sabrina, like the snake, like to me, that's where you're talking about. You know, I like to see the 
the golden thread between all these different modalities and how they're all interconnected. Like for me, if I get my master's, I would get it in religious studies because I, I really love seeing the interconnectedness of God's spirit, like inside, like you, all you of these con- traditions. Uh, me too. That's one of my greatest joys. And that's what, for me, that's so much of what Kabbalah does. So uh, we got to connect more on that. But you know what you'll find really interesting about the S, Sabrina, or this idea of the serpent with the spiritual aspirant in um, in gematria, which is a form of numerology, which is really the root basis of all of my work. But it's not just, oh, this number means this equals this letter, but the Hebrew letter teth or tet, as a lot of people will pronounce, um, is the number nine, and it's the symbol of a serpent. So serpent still resonates with nine, and it's the strength tarot card. Um, And then in the tarot deck that I use, it's called the lust card. And the reason it's called lust is it's a spiritual teaching, and it's the sign of Leo, which is the spiritual tradition. My rising. Okay, so it's the spiritual (laughs) teachings of, of true confidence. And that our drive for our spiritual growth or connection to God, as some people like to put it, or our drive for spirit should be so... So powerful and so intense that that's the thing that gives us this lust, this 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 drive, and that lust is really our greatest strength. Mm-hmm. And it's also there's a lot of other deeper mythology about it, and that that's the energy field that is breaking down these old structures. Mm-hmm. A lot of people love to say dismantling the patriarchy, mm-hmm. uh, but in the magical tradition, we go way beyond some gender idea that it's male, female, we live in a a structure of oppression that, you know, leaders still are meant to oppress and control. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what your gender is. Yes, most of them happen to be male. And most of those men that were male, you know, they had childhoods that really brought down like their full expression, you know, like the big boys don't cry. And there's a lot of people also talking about the idea of circumcision and how like that is a massive trauma that's happening the first days of a child. And so there's a lot of that conversation that's happening too. Yeah. Well, you know, in the magical tradition, uh, male is circumcised. And the, one of the main reasons for that is because the women have menstrual cycles and they have to live a good part of their life with that work and that sacrifice. So the male, that was like, there's actually a practice in sacrifice because um, to sort of honor what a woman has to go through. So I don't, I don't see it that bad. People want to get all worked up about Mm -hmm. it, whatever. But Pete, you also on some level have to respect spiritual traditions. I don't know. I mean, I'll just get like, I actually had to get circumcised, but it was for medical reasons, Mm -hmm. not for any spiritual reasons. I don't know. And I was like at an older age, I'm not like, I'm Mm -hmm. not fucking lying in bed at night. Like, Oh my God, like Mm -hmm. I can't believe this happened to me. I'm totally triggered by everybody. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, I don't, but within that tradition, it's really about honoring the fact that female have were born with the sacrifice to have menstrual cycles and to give birth and to experience some level of discomfort and pain. This is why I love having teachers where you can share this and then you can take your own, like go within and see how that's resonating with you in that way too. You know, it's like, this is why we have to have teachers of different 
knowledge to share these things. And it's like, we're always learning from all these other people's perspectives or their viewpoints, but it's like what reigns true within you. Yeah. And you, and you trust, you're going to kind of like find, um, where you're supposed to be. I'm not on a bandwagon about circumcision or mm-hmm. not. Like, and I certainly think things like females are like to me that I, I think that's pretty fucked, but, um, you know, within the context of a tradition that I essentially grew up in from being a, as a, a teenager, um, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'd, I'd accept that. I don't mm-hmm. have a kid. If I have a child, I'll decide when mm-hmm. I get there. You know, I know mm-hmm. a lot of Sikhs and they don't touch a hair on their body, mm-hmm. you know, but I know Buddhists like shave their head every day. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some traditions you have to cover your head, mm-hmm. you know, and the magical tradition, things like hair and things like that are seen as uh, a method of self kind of co self expression with divinity. Mm-hmm. And we sort of, um, they're like antennas. Yeah, well, yeah, that's definitely a Kundalini teaching, but we also have the ability to sort of do what we want with Mm -hmm. it. You know, you have a nose ring. I'm like, oh my God, body (laughs) mutilation. Yeah. I think it looks cool. I like it. Some traditions (laughs) use it. I actually got one when I was a teenager, like in the eighties is that I'm that old, but, uh, they didn't do it right. It wasn't like a thing. And then I was like a guy and they weren't thinking about it. And they just use like a gun. Gun? And like like, it it never healed. (laughs) And then forever, like it took me finally after like two months where I didn't see it anymore. And I thought it looked really cool. And, like nobody was really doing it then, at least mm-hmm. guys, at least where I lived in like Connecticut. Um, but finally I just what had to take it out. What a revolutionist you are. Yeah, I had my ear pierced. <laughs> I was the first person in my school with like a pierced wow. ear and everyone was calling me like a faggot and stuff like that. And I just, I didn't really care. Um, I thought it looked really cool. My parents were like artist hippies from New York city. You know, I grew up on an ashram. Like I was like, I think pierced ears look really cool. I have nail polish on right yeah. now, you know, but I thought it was interesting that this one kind of bully kid, um, we're totally going off on a tangent Projected here. Projected their insecurity on you. Was kept calling me a faggot. And a year, uh, a week later he comes in with a pierced ear. <laughs> Like, cause it was like rock and roll and cool. And I was like, I, I asked him, I was like, oh, so you're gay <laughs> as well. But I'm not, I'm, I'm a flaming hetero, but, um, I just thought it was super cool style. And I knew then at 12 years old in my little town in Connecticut, some people would give me shit about it. But Who it, cares? to me, what seemed so cool in a style choice I really enjoyed was way worth, I, I didn't give a shit. I just totally didn't give a shit. And more people were like, that's so cool, you know? So well, you gave permission for people for that guy to do it. Who was like insulting me. <laughs> and then it became like, no, like it was just It's normal. like that, like in Mean Girls when everyone like has their shirt where they all have their, like the, where she cut like her boobs, like the, in the circles and everyone's walking around down that, like the, the walkway and they all have like tank tops on when they have like holes cut out where their nipples would be and they're just like walking down because like one girl did it so everyone else is doing it sometimes that yeah there's actually a really good TED talk about where a movement starts and it takes the first person to do it 
right? Like mm-hmm. I'm going to cut my shirt and see my nipples or I'm going to pierce my ear. or I have like a political agenda or mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, go bare, whatever the movement mm-hmm. is. It takes that first person, but the movement doesn't start until it's really the second person. It's mm-hmm. like, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow suit. And then it was, it's very interesting. I wish I remembered it. I saw this like years ago. Um, but that was like the momentum. So sign of Aries is like pioneering. Sometimes you just have to do your thing and some people want to show up and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, even with teaching or a lot of people too. And you probably, we're sort of in a similar world and we're in Southern California. We're in the land of, of yoga teachers and in LA you can take a, like there's everything from dog yoga to paddleboard yoga to you, you name it. There's some option out there for you, but, um, Shit, what was my point on that? The, uh, with like pioneering. Oh, the amount of teachers. Mm. Yeah, being pioneering, it's like kind of back to what we were talking about. It's like, hey, for those people that want to start teaching more or get discouraged, like, well, three people only showed up, like, don't even worry about it. Like, just, just keep. Remember why you're doing it and following what you love. Mm -hmm. All you got to do is share what you love. Mm -hmm. Some, you know, I'm like, you know, I've been really lucky and grateful and I never thought being like a teacher as a job was even an option. And it's literally all I do, but I mean, in like my readings, but that's like teaching and, um, you know, but I teach the same class. Like I'll teach a yoga class and sometimes, you know, I'll get like, it's packed. And then sometimes there's six people there. Cause it's like a four class class. And I'm subbing, I'm teaching the same class. Like I'm mm-hmm. not all like I'm not. You have Kriyas you'd you like, know. and you there's things that resonate with you I, and what you're known for as and well. And it's like I don't care if there's like three people decide to show up because whatever, whatever the reason is, mm-hmm. I'm still going to get into it. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to do mm-hmm. it. And as opposed, if there was a hundred people there because I'm mm-hmm. giving a bigger talk or something like that. Um, my, and what you said too about magnetic frequency is I just enjoy it so much that I feel like I've shifted a lot of my frequency. So it's like, I love the fact that what I do is stuff that I would do for free. And it's the thing that I could sort of charge the most for. Mm-hmm. And that's that frequency. Mm-hmm. Bud's appreciating you. He's giving you a bath right now. I love this dog, by the way. Those of you listening, <laughs> this is like the sweetest little healer friendly dog with like the most piercing, cool blue eyes. Thanks. I feel lucky we found each other. And Bud's like, okay, so now I want to talk about what's coming up because this is what's interesting. Like these are the last months of this decade. And this decade was a doozy. Like we got into 2012. Like we've had like all of when you got struck by lightning. Yeah. Oh, can I? I want to say one thing. Yeah. Remember, like 2012, like 12, 21, 2012. The it end was of like the world. exactly. Yeah. And there was it. And there was a part of me that um, I, that was for me. The 2012 was a year of huge transformation for me as well. And that's where you're talking about lower shocker things. That's where I. I really transformed a lot of that and mm-hmm. let go of um, a lot of my personal issues. And I came out of a really dark depression. But on 2012, I, there was, this is going to sound bad, but there was some part of me that was like, oh, I woke up. I'm like, oh, the world didn't end. <laughs> like, okay, time to, to get to work. Mm-hmm. But there was a high energy. I, you know, thank you, too. I wasn't even thinking in terms that it's like an end of a decade. 
Like, I mean, I know that, like, mm-hmm. but I've, I haven't been going deep to sort of contemplate. So continue mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. So we're at this end of this decade and I just feel like it's been so much of the work coming into 2020 crystal vision, which is 2020 is four, which is the neutral mind where there is this balance in a way too. So I'm really interested to hear what you're feeling as we're like coming up to this momentum of 2020. It's funny, just yesterday, uh, my partner Gina and I was saying, um, oh, I want to start giving a f- dropping a few more hints about the, the four year, which is 2020. What I do want to say is the number 20, though, in of itself um, is uh, represented by the palm of your hand. And it's the fortune card in tarot. So it's, and the palm is where we receive a lot. So it's definitely an opportunity to receive. Which is why we've had to go through all this shit, because we've had to clear out the way to be able to be in that receptivity. And I've been doing this prosperity practice with, I have this prosperity family, but mostly I was just trying to get a collective where we're working on some prosperity practice together. And it was let go to grow. So this is a good time right now. And it's still Virgo energy. Like just clear it out, clean Mm -hmm. up, get rid of, empty out that drunk drawer, empty out those, I got rid of underwear. I was like, I feel like I had this since like high school. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I was like throwing out all this stuff. But this is going to be tremendous receptivity. But then if we add, so 20 is the palm of our hand and our palms are our destinies too. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be an energy field of coming into your destiny. And then let's go a little deeper. Well, how do we do that? Two and two is four. Four is cup of prayer. It's the heart. For in Kabbalah is Jupiter, which is miracles, mercy, and the abundance of God. And this is the energy field that says we can forgive the past, we can let go, we can heal emotionally, we can stay so open that the four corners of the world, like we can expand, but the the shift in energy is about love, about true compassion. So I think on a deeper level, it's going to be a healing for the world. Mm -hmm. But, excuse me, for us as individuals, this is going to be a key time to say, let me forgive and let go of the past, whatever, whether it's other people, whether it's I'm so hard on myself because I could have, would have, should have, and I didn't do it. Uh, Let me come into true compassion, which is, can I just a thousand percent ex- uh, accept exactly how and where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel like that's, you know, what we were joking about with the secret. But when you really get into that, I joke and call it the Zen space to say, I'm exactly right here in this moment as exactly as it should be, because the energy of four has no anxiety about the future and it doesn't back trip about all your past misdoings or what's mm-hmm. happened to you or where we've all had some violations. Some people it's way more dramatic. Other people we perceive the time my dad yelled at me cause I got a D in math or something like that. And, um, four, I feel like there's going to be such a shift of love to really open mm-hmm. up. And so if we open that up our hearts, emotional. so I think, you know, there might be some crying, but it, it I think in such a good way yeah. and four can be such a catharsis where we just, we forget about all our power control and we are accepting others and then we can move on. And so much of my work, I see where people just aren't accepting of themselves, mm-hmm. you know, but even little things where, um, 
you know, like road rage is a good thing. That's just like, oh, I don't accept the fact that that person has their own life and they're doing, they're trying to figure it out and they're doing the best to drive down the road and they're navigating and they didn't know that they had to turn left quick enough or something like that. Um, but I'm excited to see the emotional shift this year. Yeah. Because it's, it's it, real compassion transcends our egotistical emotions. It really is just pure acceptance. Mm. But I found so much, and this was in 2012, was for me, I came to a profound acceptance of my life where I was at, and I just surrendered. I said, I know there's there's something higher. So this is the energy of surrendering to that destiny. And if you think about it, it's been seven years since 2012 this year. So it's kind of like its own Saturn cycle in that way. Of- That's a good, you're a good numerologist. <laughs> this is why I love meeting and talking to people because they're paying attention to patterns that I'm thinking about less because I'm thinking about other things. Um, yeah. Seven is a big energy of, of cycles. So, I'm excited. And you know, all of probably our astrologer friends, I'm sure we have many in common. You know, they're always like 2012, there's all these big shifts. But numerology, I love the numerology because you take a number for the year and you just say, oh, this is the energy of the year. This is a four. Okay, I'm going to open up. I'm going to accept. I'm going to move on. I'm going to forgive the past. I'm going to stop worrying about the future. And I'm going to receive this level of destiny because then it goes back to 2020. Our palms, our destinies are here. I don't know if you're aware of the, there's a practice in Kundalini in which you, you, before you wake up, you don't open your eyes, you cover your eyes with your palms, you open your eyes and you slowly move your palms back. So the first thing you look at every morning is your destiny and your palms. I've tried it, but I don't think I've ever woken up without just my eyeballs waking up, (laughs) you know, like my eyelids opening, like, oh, I'm up. It'll definitely take some practice. I've tried. I've tried it my best. It's a devotion so to do it. I'm like, oh, my eyes are open. Quick, let me cover them up. <laughs> but also the teaching, too, is like, um, you know, the first thing you do when you wake up can set a pattern for your whole day. Mm-hmm. What do most of us do? Oh, let me check my DMs on Instagram or whatever, or the mm-hmm. news. That like, was the greatest thing about having a four-month social media sabbatical. I was like... What is that? Like completely not remembering that whole, oh my God, the, the addiction to doing oh, that, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I, it took me a while to even get on, on Instagram, but um, now I use it. I just look at it as part of my business and it's an outlet for teaching. And I pick a, a card every day mm-hmm. and I've committed to that. I and know, I, just, I love your morning reads. I treat it as like a spiritual practice. I haven't missed a day in um, like over a year and a half since I started doing it. I've done it consistently. Yeah, I, I watch your your day, your carpool of the day, like every day. That's but <laughs> then I definitely get on, yeah, you're like, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, I have 10 seconds to wait in line at the grocery store. You know, I was just listening to some stuff too. And even um, David Lynch, we were talking a little earlier. I was listening to one of his master classes. And he's like, you need the time to daydream. Mm. especially if you're an artist and, and I consider teaching an art and I consider spirituality an you art You are form. in the mystical art, so. Right. <laughs> exactly. <figure>. Literally. <laughs> that's my Instagram handle. It's my spiritual name <laughs> at the mystical arts. <laughs> um, but, you know, he was saying 
that, and this is the synchronicity of numerology. He was talking about, you need that time to daydream. And I was watching a talk about, you know, um, sort of disconnecting from stuff for a while, even if it's just part of your day, because we're so distracted with phones that we don't even spend 20 minutes just sitting, like waiting at the airport or whatever. And our mind starts to, when we're not looking at stuff, our mind starts to figure out a lot about us. We start to like build, we start to strategize more in our life. Like, oh yeah, whether it's like, I need to clean out that junk drawer. I'm Mm going to build a addition of my home, or I have this great idea for a workshop or an art project. So I'm being, trying to be more mindful. So you've inspired me. I'll still pick a card of the day and I definitely will be on Instagram, but I love the way David Lynch put it. Said you need that time to daydream. Mm -hmm. You need that creative process, mm-hmm. you know? Because we're so conditioned with, like, the phones, too. It's like we're feeding into the energy of what everyone else is posting. Through When you're scrolling, you're taking on all that energy. That's why I got, like, an Organite for Bud, because it's just, like, all this energy that's, like, coming to my dog, too, you know? It's, like, protecting him from... And yeah, I realized too, like I just spent a few days in sort of a creative work retreat out here as in Joshua tree at a place that didn't have internet. And, um, I could still like get on my phone and use the basic, at least I was like, can I post the card of the day? I'll be okay. But, um, just the, I could feel a difference cause I live in LA, right. And like West Hollywood, there's always noise. There's always a mm-hmm. frequency. There's always something, there's always a neighbor. And I was just like, Oh, I definitely need more of this. It was very healing. And I couldn't believe how much in a very quick time I laid out. I got done for like workshops, mm-hmm. stuff in the future. I already started contemplating more in the four year, which I'm glad you're asking about. Um, it was like a non-negotiable for me to ask you because I was like, okay, like I were like in what? four months until this it's, 2020. Yeah, it's coming know? up. It's good to be prepared because these numbers have a cycle. But And then we're still in the three year and three is a powerhouse number. It's a number of building. It's a number of action. Um, it's an authority number. It's a boss. So still like keep building. Go for it for the rest of the energy of this year and know that in 2020, you can take a little breather. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean oh, just be a lazy putz, but take a little breather and everything you've built, allow it to come. That's the integration, though, right? Because that's what we're so conditioned as a society—the go, go, go—which is the masculine energy. But that's why after we do these kriyas, you take that deep inhale, you exhale, and then you sit and you allow yourself to integrate what you just did. And I think we need to bring more of that feminine integration into our routines. A thousand percent, um, because it has to let, it just has to solidify and it has to gel and then it gels. And then we go back and we take the action. And that's the thing. I see all these sort of systems or, or ideas and, or there's like people on the internet, like, go, go, go. You should be doing go. And, um, we should always be growing, hmm. but this like back to the one trick pony, people are like, well, do I receive it or do I go do it? It's like, it's, It's both. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, Kabbalah is there's the pillar of severity, which is all about action. There's the pillar of mercy, which is receptivity. And then there's the middle pillar in which we've combined both of those energies and created quote unquote masculine and feminine. And we create a third homogeneous substance that didn't quite exist. And now we become a frequency of action and receptivity all at once, but Mm -hmm. it sort of transcends that. But 
it's like three. I keep telling people to build it. They will come like build. So let's just take a simple analogy. Like, oh, I started a business. Let's just say brick and mortar. I opened up a organic uh, gluten-free donut shop. Right. So the three years, like I, I strategize, I built it, I got it. And then the energy of four is open the door and allow the people to come. Mm-hmm. Now the number four um, is resonates with the Empress card. Mm. Even though the Empress card is number three, you have to remember tarot kind of starts with zero. Too. Yeah. But when you go into the gematria and the numerology of it, so yeah, you could still associate three with the Empress card, but on a deeper mystical level, it's um, the gematria value is the Hebrew letter Dalit. And that is numerical value of four. And its symbol is a door. So four goes into this door. We have this heart. This is an opening. So for this four years says everything you've been working on now, all the shifts, all the challenges, all you know, three just gives us the power. But now let's open the door to our cosmic donut shop. <laughs> they're totally carb free and you know Yeah, they're twelve dollars uh, a donut. Right at Erewhon <laughs> in LA. This is forty dollars actually. But they have chaga in them. Oh well then a super non non therapeutic dose, but uh <laughs> Amazing. Well, there was something I did want to ask because I asked on Instagram some questions from people and I did get um, some questions. So someone wants to know, like, what is a great way to start? Like, what is a great resource to start working with tarot? Um, Great question. This is what a great place to start is first. We'll get a deck. Mm-hmm. And I encourage, I mean, I use the Thoth deck, um, and that's how I was taught, and I'm and that's the deck I teach with. But what I and if you took a class with me, we're gonna use that deck. But what I tell people is find a deck you love. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point you may outgrow it, whatever. Find one that you love, so you the images, but make sure tarot is the 78-card tarot deck. There's a system in that, and there's a spiritual lineage. Because if you start getting oracle cards or gypsy fortune-telling cards, all those can be fun. I, I have a lot of those. Um, that's not a tarot deck. So make sure it's a 78-card traditional tarot deck. Believe it or not, a lot of these decks, the little booklet is actually sometimes some of the best stuff written on tarot. Amazing. Uh, especially the one in the Thoth deck. The Thoth can get a little heady if you're not familiar with it. But find a deck you love. Start with the booklet. And I'm actually, part of the thing I was working on now is coming up with the Mystical Arts Mystery School and the Tarot School for it. So, so I'm going to be... be prepared sh- to wait for Remington's course. But and in the I- meantime... <laughs> well, here's the key things with tarot. Maybe you can learn a little spread. It'll be in the booklet. But the key is, and this is how I was taught, do never, never look up the meaning of a card. Okay, you can do that on your own time because you have to sort of philosophically abstract. Treat it as a meditation and scry into the card, which just is a a process of divination, which you just relax everything, relax your eyeballs. Imagine you're a little kid and you see it visually and start to tell a story. Mm. And whatever deck you're using, you're going to get a story. So all of a sudden you are focusing on somebody's hand. That might just be the first thing that you see. And you're like, well, why am I focusing on a hand? And then it's like, oh, wait, my brother needs to move and maybe I need to lend a helping hand. Right. That's a little example. But there's not that's not going to be in a book. 
You know, you're never going to learn that. So just be a little kid. I always, for me, especially when I first, something about, I always imagined I was a little girl. For some reason that worked for me. Um, and I'm just telling a story and you just get better at it, mm-hmm. you know? So don't, don't over intellectualize it when you're reading. Well, now I think about it. I, I'm in, I'm in, I'm a, I'm a tarot card in my friend's deck in the Moonchild Tarot. I'm the six of pentacles. Oh, really? like, is there a picture of you? Yep. Oh, all right. I'll have to, it's one of those decks. I I'll collect show you. decks. I'll show it to you once we're done. Six but. of discs. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Moon and Taurus. That's the the traditional title of that card is the Lord of Material Success. So it's a it's a good cash money card. I'm pretty pumped about I'd, well, it. I'd, well, that's one of the ones that I'd be down to be that one. <laughs> not like the Seven of Swords, <laughs> like the Lord of Futile Effort. Um, but again, Thanks, whatever. And also, when you get like a negative card, if, if people follow my Instagram, when I get a negative card, you always provide a solution. Mm-hmm. That's the thing they're trying to give you. So it's showing up. Gina, my partner, picks cards every morning for herself, and she got some. She was like, oh, these are shitty cards. And I was like, don't think of any card as shitty. It's good that those quote unquote negative cards come up because it's just saying, hey, maybe you're tripping out on this thing in your head. Hayate. Yeah. That isn't. Uh, so, it's, and it was a bunch of negative sword cards. And she translated it really well because she was like, oh, that's my Vata imbalance. And Vata in Ayurvedic is too much mind neuroses. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I'm tripping out about everything. Right. Um, so, just explore it, have fun, be a child, let it open up. There's a story there. It's going to tell you and you're better at it. Everyone's better at it than they think. Mm-hmm. And you're going to block it if you're just trying to look in the book. Well, this card says this. And I have books and I read them because I'm going deeper and more philosophical and ex- trying to extract some spiritual teaching. But I see the tarot as there's it's a spiritual teacher in, a, in mm-hmm. its own way. Amazing. And the other question is, what are some of the ways that you protect yourself from psychic attack? That's a good and powerful question. For me, a lot of it is I use the tools of Kundalini yoga. I'm always in like a strong energy field. Um, the chant, which we did a little tune in earlier, Adgade Name, Jugakade Name, Satgade Name, Siddhigadeve Name. I often imagine that around me, but I also. Um, on one level, just having a, a practice, um, I um, oh, and protective mantras. There's Buddhist ones, Om Mani Padme Om, but I utilize a lot of the Kundalini ones, which are in the language of Gurmukhi. Um, those are ones that I resonate, and I. Why do I do Kundalini? Uh, it's for me. It's because it freaking works. Yes. So that's a lot of it, um, and I also feel like I'm connected to enough. I don't worry about it too much, but there's a teaching that I learned. Whoever has the biggest aura wins, um, not in a competitive sense, but you got to keep yourself vital and strong. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been dealing with like my own little health stuff lately, which is more just knowing, okay, I really have to focus on my immunity and I've been traveling, but there's a part of me like, wait, am I getting psychically attacked? This and that. But one thing too, with psychic attacks, um, I think this is really important, is in in magic, in the magical tradition and ceremonial magic and mystical Kabbalah and hermetic magic uh, things, um, you'd never attack people. So you never use those tools to try to psychically attack somebody because generally that's just rooted in your petty ego 
bullshit, right? So um, you just, you don't do that. Like I saw a lot of witches on Instagram and there's that had witches of Instagram and everyone's like, we're going to hex Donald Trump. The magical thing would say, well, just send love and pray because you have some, <laughs> you'd rather have a beneficent energy starting to direct the frequency. You never know what prayer may just cause someone to make it that was like, oh, I'm going to press the button. Maybe I won't. But when you're sending all that negative energy, it's petty, it's insecure, it's ego. Um, and so we set up the energies to uh, sort of naturally combat that because we don't play on that playing field. higher frequency is going to always win. My teacher, and I was taught in secret for so many years, now I'm not condoning this, and he wasn't saying go do this, but he was like, if you really had a problem with someone, you're like, I'm going to psychically attack them. Energetically, you're better off freaking throwing a brick through their window, you know, or like slashing their tire because the karmic resonance of doing something in the physical realm is going to be way less than trying to psychically attack. So people that are psychically attacking people know in the end, it's only going to short circuit them and it will sabotage them. So if you're like a witch going, I'm going to uh, put Hex a hex. the patriarchy kind of thing. You're yeah. just creating more conflict, more resentment, and you're creating more problems for yourself. You might as well bless the patriarchy Mm -hmm. because you might as well have, it's always, we send this beneficent energy, let, let it sort itself out. It reminds me of Matt Kahn. He was talking once about like when, you know, all like if someone pisses you off instead of being like, fuck you, be like, bless you, you know? Yeah. I'm a fuck you person. (laughs) I will say I'm a very Mars dominant astrology. So I'm going to say, but I'm not going around hexing people. And I have mantras, um, that I use like I've been like with this health stuff like I'm kind of re-upping on on some of that like or going even more full force Um, but sound current's powerful our Mm -hmm. words are powerful they call it spelling right exactly Mm -hmm. and also in numerology 11 is the number of sound current and um, you know we which is a higher dimension Exactly. And it's it's also their sound current that we don't hear. So it's like our vibrational frequency. And I think probably everybody listening, I think Sabrina and both of us, I mean, we've definitely had this experience where we've said negative things and created those situations. So the good news is that means you have the power to create situations. So it's like it's a it's a. A vision board that with your you, mouth, with your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> a vocal vision board. <laughs> so um, all that stuff, positive as- affirmations. So um, you know, instead of complaining, compliment. We all go down. I, I I bet you about stuff. I'm an eleven path, so I know I have to be extra careful. And um, so you know, not like sometimes it's fake it till you make it, but. I want people to know they can manifest a lot mm-hmm. with their words and know if you're manifesting bad shit with your words, you just have to look at that as a blessing saying, Oh, it works, <laughs> but I'm going to now say good stuff. Like yeah. I make X amount a year and I have like the most, you know, beautiful, amazing partner that, you know, we're crazy about each other and we, it's a harmonious relationship. Like if you're single, like say it in terms of what, 
like as if you have taking it, action presence. and then take action yes. like like if people this is like a big thing in my work is people want to partner i really like the the magical teaching for one thing is have a little trust that there is the right partner for you the universe is dying to line that up and when your frequency is ready it doesn't matter you could be you know in the middle of like a country in the desert which we are in now that you've never been to and somehow you're going to just run into that person because your frequency is ready um and but the the word really can change the frequency i learned in one of my teachers training um actors that are the most successful uh, it's often because of their sound current and they love their sound current. So mm. fall in love with your sound current and see what starts to open up for you. That's amazing. Okay. I just want to wrap up with a couple quick lightning round questions. Okay. Boom. okay. What would you say has been an animal totem that's been really guiding you lately? Oh, um, well, this is actually out here. I kept noticing little uh, chipmunks. They were like adorable. Just hanging out in my backyard. <laughs> um, other animals that I notice or resonate with, um, that, actually, that's a good question because I'm a little less like animal centric, although they will come to me um, in visions. Mm -hmm. And I even went to the shaman once and everyone else I know, they're like your spirit animal, but she never mentioned mine. But right now, there's something that I'm fascinated by the little chipmunks out here. And of course, there's certain birds. Overall, I'd have to say the hawk. Because the hawk is Horus, and all my training is we're in the consciousness of the eon of Horus. So when I see a hawk, I'm always like, okay, something's lining up. And the hawk is a reminder for me to step up my spiritual game. Um, and hawk can resonate with the numerology of 10, which is Guru Gobind Singh who had a hawk. And Hawk is the Horus. And that's very important sort of mythology to me. And then the rest of my numerology is a lot of tens. So mm -hmm. I see the Hawk and the Hawk's like... It's definitely my totem. Step into your, step into your nobility. It's also you can rise, you can see above. Like the Hawk is a lot of that energy of like above, you're seeing above and you can look down and really... Really good insight. We need to connect more. Um, see that, what Sabrina is just saying, that's numerology in action. It's not the number of the hawk. It's like, well, what is this concept? What's it showing? Oh, it's above. This is where your consciousness opens up. So you're doing Kabbalah in that exercise. I actually have this falcon necklace. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know it's what also, the it's also, means, it's yeah. also my logo of my, my, my company. Oh, really? Yeah, well, okay. it's a snake and then it has, like, Isis wings kind yeah, of thing. I'm, well, You're I also love Egyptian. Yeah, it's Horus. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like, well, can I, I want to share one yeah. crazy quick story yeah. about that. I, when I first got into Kundalini Yoga and I was sort of shifting from years of really devoted practice within all the hermetic magical teachings, the Eon of Horus, uh, ceremonial magic, the Falcon, like that was the, that's like, this is the new consciousness of humanity, right? That started in 1904 is, is the sort of what we were taught. And, um, I was brand new to Kundalini. Like I, maybe this was like my fifth class and I went, it was like a teacher's training and I came to the workshop and my teachers like, just come. And like one of those deep meditations where you're like, Oh my God. And I had this vision and it was all of this guidance saying, okay, you can 
delve into this practice. The Kundalini is in alignment. And Horus came to me in this vision. This golden falcon landed, and it was like a temple. Mm -hmm. And I was there, and the golden falcon just turned into a statue. And it just was like... It, it confirmed everything. I wasn't like path hopping. I was like, okay, this Kundalini is right for me. This is what my soul is ready and wants to experience. And the meditation's over. I go to the, the bathroom to take a little break. And I go, there's, then this isn't a clean area in Santa Monica. There's no graffiti in this, this place where this teacher's training ends. And I go into the one stall that, and I was even going to go into another one, but then someone's there. I open it up. The only graffiti in the world in this building, Horace. Somebody wrote that on the wall. Wow. And Horace is the falcon god, and I'm there like peeing after having a vision of Horace and all this kundalini, like mind blowing shit. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to just take that as a real obvious sign because the writing is literally on the fucking wall. Wow. Horace, like, who graffitis that? Wow. They're like, some kids, like, is a magic marker. They're like, I'm going to graffiti the names of ancient Egyptian gods. <laughs> <laughs> Revolutionary. So, yeah. Probably my spirit animal. Wow. That's amazing. Who would you say is one person that's really put, like left a really powerful impact in your life? Wow. I mean, the list is on like someone I have a personal relationship with. Whatever you're, you're feeling. Well, I'm in a Alejandro Jodorowsky phase at the moment. Um, he directed and wrote and starred in El Topo and some other um, sort of obscure kind of occult films. And I'm reading one of his books on tarot. Um, but he really inspires me to treat all of this more as an art form and to be a lot more creative and to just sort of have the courage to just let go and just do it. Like it doesn't have to be so uh, perfect. So mm -hmm. that's at the moment, that's definitely my phase. Um, and he really sees the tarot. He teaches tarot and he sees him as spiritual teaching, spiritual teachers. But there's a, it was a documentary I recently watched again called Jodorowsky's Dune. And it was all about this movie he was going to make. But when I see interviews with him, and he's like this just jovial child who just is like incarnated to create art with this sort of mystical vision. He, um, I'm, I'm like, oh, it reframes my thinking where not only am I doing the work, I'm just doing the art. And I think artists put in the work, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so... That's that may amazing. change the next time we do this. There may be somebody else. <laughs> that's amazing. But that's my jam right now. What would you say to younger Remington? Oh, man. Um, really, like, let go and, and start to believe that the thing you love the most, which is all the spirituality, all the magical teachings, uh, and all the sort of, quote-unquote, Eastern spiritual devotional stuff, that all of that can be translate into something you get to share mm. with the world where for when I was younger, I kept it all to myself. That's just was like, this is my private interest. Um, being in LA, oh, I'd probably say move to LA sooner. <laughs> like in LA, this stuff's like growing up in an ashram is like a marketable skill set. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> like I was like, oh, these things are jobs in LA, yeah. you know? Wild. So that really helped open it up. LA has been a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. That was it. I'd be like, get your butt to LA. And as, you know, as Yogi Bhajan said, in the Aquarian age, there are no secrets. So it's like, you're knowing all those, all these secret lineages and how you're able to really share that. Right yeah. Now. And open it up. I'm actually going to get into that a little bit in my Equinox workshop about the teachings of the spiritual teacher and how having the old, the teaching is that when you talk Kundalini yoga publicly, you would die by sunrise. Um, and I'm going to get into that. That's it's amazing. Very, but it's a very um, interesting dynamic because in the tarot, the spiritual teacher card, Taurus, the Hierophant, mm-hmm. his opposite Scorpio, which is the death card. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to explore that that dynamic and go mm-hmm. a lot deeper into that, mm-hmm. that concept. Which is what I wanted to also say. Like, if you've really enjoyed this conversation, go check out Remington's Fall Equinox Workshop. Yes. Um, it's going to be the 23rd on the day of the Equinox. I'm going to be doing it live from Vermont. I'm going to be in Vermont, which will feel a little bit like fall, especially if you grew up in the Northeast. You're like fall and the turning mm. of the leaves. But um, if you can't catch it live... Uh, it's always, it's going to be available and yes, it's the energy of the equinox, but these teachings, uh, can apply year round. It's Mm -hmm. not just, Oh, this one day I know this. And if I miss it, Oh, I can't, I can't apply this to Mm -hmm. my life. But, and also just the equinox is a highly charged day. So those of you listening, I would love it if you tune into my workshop. Yeah. And the links are in the show notes below for you to join. Thank you. And then it's on my Instagram bio and all that. Um, unless you're doing a detox, but regardless of my workshop, just know that the equinox coming up September 23rd is going to be a PowerPoint day in this one in particular. There's, it's going to be a catalyst of really uh, shifting into a fulfillment and a destiny. And and it's, it's a power surge day that gives you the energy to go through any weird, dark, dark and sterile times. Which is crazy because today, well, we're recording this on 9-9, but it's releasing on 9-18, which is still another 9-9 yes, day, right? right? So And Saturn's direct today, too, and that day, too. So we've been in this, this Saturn retrograde, and now Saturn's going direct. We're preparing for the equinox. There's yeah, lots of shifts. There's um, just do something that is a, a spiritual practice that sort of gets the ball going. And Saturn, which is the planet of work, just just get it going. So take your the vision board of your mouth and put it into action. <laughs> Amazing. And if there's anything else, and you can also check out on his Instagram, The Mystical Arts. Yes. And you can get all of his links there. And my website, all that jazz yeah. and uh, find Sabrina, you'll find me. Yes. Now find me, you'll find Sabrina. Yes. And then the last thing is if there's anything else that's coming up, like some little nugget of wisdom that you want to share as we wrap up this conversation, which I've been abs- like so excited about. I, I know. I, we always go over on these things because we start talking. Um, yeah, really, that's a lot of it. I, You know, trust, because I've been getting a lot of people like, oh, I'm going through this shit and blah, blah, blah. And Things are opening, things are shifting, things are changing and have that courage and have that love. And there's a certain relaxation and we're shifting into so much prosperity and and openings and miracles right now. So 
trust. I like that saying, I don't believe in miracles, I rely on them. I rely on them. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thanks so glad. I'm glad this worked out. Yeah, thank you for coming to my house and having this conversation. And I knew it would come at the right time. And like I said, this 999 portal, like, and, you know, to master, you have to teach. And that's what you do. So... Yes, a nine is the number of mastery. So um, with that, uh, you guys are amazing, and let's all be in touch. Yes, thank you, Satnam. Thank you, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into this powerful episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. To keep this conversation flowing, I invite you to join us over at the Sovereign Society private Facebook group and to follow us over at Sovereign Society podcast on Instagram. If you want to keep up with me, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch these episodes and so much more. I welcome you to come on over and say hey on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. And if you love these conversations, please support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. To share the love, all you got to do is search Sovereign Society Podcasts. And of course, if you're ready for more, stay tuned for next week because I've got a whole new episode coming your way. Take care. Satnam.